welcome back to the Biblical Principles Podcast. This is Jason. I want to thank you again for joining us. We'll be on the topic of a deacon today, and the word deacon is only found two times in the Bible, and that is in Philippians chapter number 1 and verse number 1, and then in 1 Timothy chapter number 3 in verse number 8, we see the qualifications for a deacon. So that's where we're going to begin our arena today. So if you have your Bible, you can turn to the book of 1 Timothy chapter number 3, the book of 1 Timothy chapter number 3, and I want to begin reading in verse number 8. Likewise, must the deacons be grave, not double-tongued, not given too much wine, not greedy of filthy lucre, holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience. And let these also first be proved, then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. Even so must their wives be grave, not slanderous, sober, faithful in all things. Let the deacons be the husband of one wife ruling their children and their own house well. For they that have used the office of a deacon well purchased to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. You'll notice in verse number eight, the, the Bible starts off by saying likewise. And chapter three and verses number one through seven are the qualifications for a preacher. So the deacon has very similar qualifications to that of a preacher. And could I just interject here that all Christians ought to live a clean, moral, outstanding life above reproach because of the name of Christ. It shouldn't be that there's big and little Christians, but we should all be striving to try to reach a mark that would be acceptable unto the Lord Jesus Christ. But so the deacons have the deacons actually have qualifications. And if you look in verse number eight, it says, Likewise must the deacon. So let's look up the word deacon. Of course, we're using our strongest concordance, which is a good Bible, a good solid sound Bible dictionary. And the word deacon, according to the Strong's Concordance, means this. It means to be an attendant, to wait upon, a host, or a friend. So the deacon is not supposed to be out front. The deacon is not running the church. The deacon does not have some sort of authority figure where he can pull the strings of the preacher like a puppet. No, he's to be an attendant. He's to wait upon. He's to host. He's to be a friend. Really, a deacon is basically, his position is just to be a servant for the church. If if you study your Bible and know anything at all about your Bible, the preacher the, the preacher's whole goal is to focus on prayer and the ministry, and that ministry involves preaching the Word of God. If you've got a good God-called man of God, his plate is slam full with just praying for the people in the church and focusing on preaching the Word of God. And so the deacon is supposed to help fill that gap that that preacher needs to be that person who can be a friend, who can be a host, who can wait upon somebody, to be an attendant, to be helpful, to go visit somebody in the hospital, to help bear the burdens of prayer, to maybe set something up for the ministry so that the man of God doesn't have to bear the burden of the whole thing on his own. So we see that the deacon does have a definition. But then we look into the qualifications. The Bible says not double-tongued. Not double-tongued. Well, I'm sorry. Let me get this first. Likewise, must the deacons be grave, 
That word grave means honorable or honest. The deacon should be an honorable man. He should be an honest man. A deacon should, a man should never be put into the position of being a deacon after just being saved a short period of time. These men that were designed to be deacons were honorable and honest men that had well proven that they were capable men of doing what a, what it is that God needed them to do. So they're supposed to be honorable and honest. Now, could I say here that that does not just mean that they're honorable and honest three times a week while they're at church. That means they're day in and day out, their lives, their character, and character is what you are when nobody else is around. Their character proves that they are honorable and honest men. And then the Bible says not double-tongued. The word double-tongued means telling a different story. It means they tell you one thing, and then they'll tell another person something else. Uh, here in the South, we have people who, who they'll go fishing. And I hope this, this illustration might connect with a few, but they'll go fishing, and they'll catch a fish that's, say, six inches long. And they tell the story to their family when they get home that night, and they say it was a six-inch fish. Well, then they go tell it to the people at the gas station, and it was an 8-inch fish. And then they tell it to the people on the job, and it was a 16-inch fish. And then they tell it to the people at the lake, and for long is a 24-inch fish. What that is is that's being double-tongued. One thing you'll find if you've been in church any length of time is every church has old men in it. And um, as you hang around these older these older men, I hate to just use that term. I'm not using it loosely, but um, they are. They're just older men. And a lot of times they'll tell you the same story. And can I say to you, I love it when a man tells me the same story and I'm listening to it going, he doesn't even understand that I've already heard this story two times. But the story lines up the exact same way every single time. That's a man who's not double-tongued. He's not telling a different story. And then the Bible says, not given too much wine. Now, here we have the, the never-ending dispute of alcohol in the Bible is basically what this is. And I'm going to give you what I believe and what I believe the Bible teaches, but everybody's not going to agree with that. So before we get into this, I do not have time on this podcast to deal with the total subject of alcohol in the Bible. But I can tell you this, that alcohol is never right. Alcohol does nothing but cause pain and misery and defeat, not only in an individual's life, but in a family's life. And God never puts his stamp of approval on alcohol. However, as we roll back the timetable, we have to understand that these people in the Bible did not have a drugstore they could go to and purchase things for their stomach or purchase things for the problems they had in their, uh, with a headache or purchase things to help with an antiseptic. And so what they would do is they would use wine to ease these ailments and these infirmities. And could I say to you today that I just have a lot better choices in 2021 than I do of getting a bottle of wine. I can go to the drugstore and purchase me some medicine to deal with the physical infirmities that plague my fleshly body sometimes. And that's all that's going to be said. I'm not going to get into an in-depth, long, drawn-out discussion on wine. And and I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you believe that wine and alcohol is all right. I, I hate that you're wrong on that, but it's just what the Bible biblically teaches. And I'll, I'll be doing a podcast in the future on wine that I hope will be a benefit 
and a help to you. But this wine here is just a medical, a medical use is the only reason this wine is used. And it says not given too much wine, meaning he could just have a little bit to ease his infirmities. And then the Bible goes on to say, not greedy of filthy lucre. Now, as we study the word lucre out, the word lucre means gain. And understanding that we don't live in an economy where we trade animals and goods and produce to be able to meet our daily needs. No, we have a we have a, a dollar system. We have an income system. We have a money system. And that's what the Bible's talking about. Here is, here is money, not greedy of filthy lucre, meaning that his life is not built around a dollar. Now, that being said, that does not mean the deacon is supposed to walk around and look like poor Pete. That also doesn't mean that his children are supposed to go without things or that he's not supposed to have a nice car or a nice house or nice things. All those things are obtainable in the great country that we live in. A man can work a lifetime and obtain a small fortune just by simply being smart with his money. Now, if the deacon is like that, then that's fine. What this is saying is that he should not be missing church on Wednesday night to work overtime. He should not put... He should not put his love and his lust for a dollar over the affairs of the church that he's decided that he wants to be a deacon in. He's supposed to be a servant or a friend or a host. He cannot chase the ever-loving dollar and fulfill the office of a deacon. He can't be greedy of that. Then the Bible says, "...holding the mystery of the faith in a pure conscience." That word pure means clean. It just means clean. And he's supposed to have a clean mind. He's supposed to have a clean clean speech. He's supposed to have a clean body. He's supposed to have a clean demeanor. A deacon shouldn't be telling dirty jokes. But could we say a Christian should not be telling dirty jokes? A deacon should not be lusting after after women. But could we say that a Christian should not be lusting after women? These qualifications go hand in hand. Now, what basically separates a deacon from a normal Christian is that he meets the qualifications found in the Bible, and he's a man that can be put into the position. But that does not raise him above the standards for just ordinary average Christians. All of us should be clean in our mindset, in our demeanor, in our mouth, in our in our desires to do the things of God should not be polluted, should not be polluted by the things of this world. And then the, the word conscience, holding the mystery of a faith and a pure conscience. That word conscience is morale. The, the deacon is a moral person. He's, he's good to his family. He's an honest man. He's a businessman. If he's a businessman, he does well in his business dealings. Why? Because he's a moral individual. He should not be somebody who's beating somebody out of money. He should not be somebody who's not paying his employees. He should not be somebody who has shady, um, shady records with the Better Business Bureau. Why? Because he's a moral, clean, pure, conscience individual as he lives his life for the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the next word, or the next verse and let these also first be proved. You're supposed to prove a deacon. Like I said earlier, you don't want to put somebody who's only been saved three weeks into the office of a deacon. What that's going to do is cause heartache and confusion in the church. And when you have to remove that individual, it causes problems for the house of God. So you want him to first be proved. These men need to be, these men need to be well qualified, but also proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon being found blameless. That word blameless means unaccused 
and irreproachable. You're not going to find a problem with this man. Now, that does not mean that the man is perfect, okay? These men should not be put on a pedestal where them and their family are perfect. And if the, if the man makes one mistake, you crash down on him and say, oh, well, you can't be a deacon because you didn't polish your shoes right. It's unaccusable or irreproachable in moral character in and away from the house of God. He's a, he's a blameless man. You should be able to go to a deacon's job and get the same testimony that he would have in the church. You should be able to talk to a deacon's family, and they say, yes, this is a, this is a man that's irreproachable. He's unaccusable. Basically, what he is is he's just real, but he's found blameless. Verse number 11, even so must their wives... Okay, now, here's where we enter the second part. As if wine was not bad enough, I'm sure that upset some people. And now we've got the part about the wives. And could we say that if the wives of the deacons have qualifications, then the deacons must be the husbands? So, a woman can't be a deacon. That does not mean she's a lesser individual. She can still be a deacon's wife. That does not mean... That does not mean that she's less of a Christian. It just means the qualifications that the Bible lays out for a deacon, it lays out for a man. A man has a wife, and this wife also has qualifications. Even so must their wives be grave. Now, remember the word grave? Honorable or honest. These women are honest women. These are good quality ladies is what you're dealing with here. Not slanderous. That means they're not false accusers. They're not quick with the tongue. They're not quick on the draw. They're not looking for fault with people. Instead, their burden is to help their husband to be the best deacon he can be and to help bear the burden of, the, of, of his prayer life and of his ministry life. A, a good deacon needs a good wife to help him. A good deacon needs a good wife to be there with him, and that is her position. But in that, she holds a position that's grave. That means she's honorable and honest, and she's not slanderous. She's not a false accuser. The word sober is used next. You know what the word sober means? It means sober, according to the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance which means that she's supposed to be sober-minded, which means there's no way that she's drinking any either. Why? Because not only does the Bible prove alcohol is wrong, but you cannot drink a lot of alcohol and maintain a sober mindset. Why? Because you become drunk. So this woman is a sober woman. Then the Bible says, faithful in all things. Now, word faithful means true, sure, or trustful. And could I say to you that this woman has has been proven just like her husband has been proven. And so what she was doing before she became a deacon's wife, she continues to do after she's become the deacon's wife. It's not like, oh, I'm the deacon's wife now, so I don't do these things. No, she's a servant for the church too, just like all Christians are servants for the church. A deacon's wife is not above picking up trash in the parking lot, just like any Christian shouldn't be above picking up trash in the parking lot. If you see the paper towel dispenser is empty, go find some paper towels and fill it up. It's your church too. But the deacon's wife, 
The deacon's wife should be true, sure, and trustful. She should be one that can be counted on to be there. When it's, when it's her turn to perform a task in the church, she will be there performing her task. Why? Because she's true, sure, and faithful. And then verse number 12. Let the deacons be the husband of one wife. Okay, now we're going back to the husband. He can only have one wife. Now, of course, there's going to be a debate over that, too, on whether it's one wife at a time. No, it just means one living wife. If the man has ever been married, and he's only been married one time, then he can be a deacon. If he's been married two times, and his first wife that he divorced is still living, he is disqualified from being a deacon, according to the Word of God. Let the deacons be the husband of one wife, ruling their children in their own house well. Meaning this, he's not a dictator. He's not the supreme leader. He doesn't run around with a Superman shirt on, but he takes care of his children and his wife and his household. And it looks well organized. And it is a, a group of good quality individuals that are not perfect. Guess what? If the deacon's got a son, there's a good chance that boy's probably going to throw a rock into something. If the deacon's got a daughter, there's a good chance she might get a little emotional and start crying over something that's petty. People are still human beings. That does not mean that the deacon is held at some big high standard where it's supposed to be that everybody looks at him under a magnifying glass. No, he's a human being too. His wife has bad days. His car sometimes does not start. He struggles from time to time financially, just like every man, woman, boy, or girl on the planet does. But just overall, his house should be in order. And the reason is, if he cannot if he cannot perform a position in a family, there's no way he can perform a position in the church. Verse number 13, For they that have used the office of a deacon well purchased to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith which is in Christ Jesus. It's an office that he's supposed to use. And it's a good, it's a good work he's doing. And because of that, he's probably going to be a little more bold and he's going to exercise a little more faith. Why? Because he's met the qualifications for a deacon. He's well qualified. His wife is well qualified. His children are in their place. And they're doing a work for God. Now, these are the qualifications for a deacon. I hope, I hope you found this a blessing and a benefit. Any questions, comments, or concerns, you can forward them over to me at biblicalprinciples at juno.com. That's all lowercase letters, biblicalprinciples at juno.com. I want to thank you again for listening. If you have a question for the Sharpening the Sword podcast, I've already got a few questions coming in. So if you have a question for the Sharpening the Sword podcast, that's a question you have. Anywhere out of the Bible, you can send that in over to biblicalprinciples at juno.com, and I'll try to answer it on an upcoming podcast called Sharpening the Sword. I'd love to receive any questions you have. I want to thank you for being a part of this podcast, and I pray you'd have a blessed day.